Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as J.C. Oxley asks what you're partnering with on student night. Hello, guys. So today, tonight, we're going to start with a few jokes. Okay, the first one is, the apostles were having a race, and the Lord said to John, come forth, and you will receive eternal life. But John came fifth and won a toaster. The next one is, okay. And the Lord said to John, come forth, and you will receive eternal life. But John came fifth and won a toaster. Parallel lines have so much in common, it's a shame they'll never meet. A physicist saw a young man about to jump off the Empire State Building and yells, Stop! You have so much potential. Okay, so... Like, potential energy. And tonight I'm actually going to be talking about uh, how the dinosaurs went extinct. So in today's society, the prevailing theory is that a meteorite hit them. But I do not believe that is true. Because if a meteorite hit the Earth, don't you think like all the humans or like the little animals would die as well? Not just the dinosaurs? So... Also, I want to talk about, like, the ancient dragons. If we think about those, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stories about dragons. And in my, I think those could be actually dinosaurs when they talk about those stories. Like St. George and the Dragon and Beowulf. And those stories date back to around the time of 900, the year 950-2000, which is actually during the time of the Dark Ages. So in that time, there was not a lot of food, so they could have been hunted out for food and also to protect villages, like you see in the stories. And the other interesting thing is they would not have called them dinosaurs because that word was not invented till 1824. So they would not call them dinosaurs in the year 1000. And now, let's give a big round of applause for JC. So, thanks, Emily. How's everyone doing? All right, so I'm going to also start with some jokes. So, yeah. All right, so the first joke is, what did the classmates say when asked why they kept walking next to the same person at school? I was told I'm supposed to walk by faith. (laughs) All right, the next one is, which king liked to do things on his own? Solomon. Yeah. Solomon. Yeah. All right, Uh, my last one is, why did Adam and Eve do math every day? 
They were told to be fruitful and multiply. All right, that's, I don't have any more jokes, so. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna set the scene real quick, all right? So um, you're walking into the class. It's like your first day of school. You're walking into biology class, and you sit next to somebody you've never met before, and you guys are just like talking and stuff, and then the teacher takes attendance, and then you start laughing because one of the teacher uh, says one of the names wrong. And so um, you guys just like instantly like become friends, and then you see each other at lunch, and you're like, you like sit next to each other, and then you ask, like your friendship starts to build, and you ask them if they wanna come over after school, and just as your friendship starts to build even more, you're able to talk to them about more personal things, so one day you share with them that your parents are arguing at home, and you really want some encouraging like advice, but instead they're just like, why don't we just move out together and never see anybody again, when it, which is completely unrealistic, because they're only like 15, um, there's never really any necessarily like life-giving advice there. Said it just like tears it down and adds to the struggle. So have you guys ever had any people like that in your life? Maybe that's friends or siblings that don't like give life-giving advice. How does that make you feel? Maybe it makes you feel like worse off than you were or even hopeless. Or maybe it even started to make you think like they do in certain situations. And you notice the more you hang out with them, the more you start to partner with the way they think. So um, what I'm talking about tonight is like, what are you partnering with? That's the title of my message. And so I'm gonna tell you about three people who tried to partner with what God said about them, or they did partner with what God said about them, and they had to really try to do that because the just everyone around them was just screaming something else. And they had to like, dig deep and know what God said about them. All right, so I'm gonna be talking about three people. Their names all start with J. Um, Job, Joseph, and Jesus. Yeah, it does. <laughs> all right, so the first person I'm talking about is Job. And obviously you can read about Job in the book of Job. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So Job lived in the land of Uz and he had seven sons and um, he was like a man of integrity and feared God greatly. And he was one of the richest people in his area. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 pairs of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. But with everything he had, he believed and knew that it all came from God and he didn't, that he didn't waver in that at all. So then Satan decided that he wanted to test him one day and was like, I bet if Job lost everything, then he would stop serving God and turn away from him. So God allowed Satan to test Job to show his reverence and obedience in front of everyone. So Satan stole thing after thing and he stole his livestock, his sheep, his servants, and his children. But through it all, Job still continued to worship God and follow him. So Satan saw that that didn't work, and he was like, well, I bet if, if I steal his health, and he'll turn away from you and not follow God anymore. So Satan struck Job with sores all over his body, and Job even took broken pottery to scrape himself. But once again, Job continued to worship God, even through, like, his own wife was very negative, and he still continued to worship God through that. So I'm going to read Job 2, 8 through 9. Job scraped his skin with piece, 
the piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job replied, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we only accept good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. He hath, and um, so even though his wife was very negative, he still continued to worship God through that all. And I'm going to grab a drink. All right, so then Job had three friends. And so um, while Job was like in his rough times, he pretty much made multiple speeches about how he basically wished he was dead. And he was like, he had those three friends, like, you know, friends are supposed to be like encouraging and stuff, but instead his friends like just added to the negativity and tore Job down even more. And it made uh, him feel even worse in his situation. So, um, but even through that, he continued to worship God once again. So then the Lord challenges Job, but he still stays strong in knowing who he was. And finally, the Lord blesses Job. And so um, Job 42, 7 through 6, I'm going to paraphrase most of that. So um, pretty much God told one of his, God told Job's friends that he was very angry with them and the two other friends because they had not spoken very accurately about um, God. And he told them that Job would pray for them. And when Job prayed for them, he restored everything that he had lost. So um, I'm going to pick up in verse 12. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life with even more than in the beginning. For now he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 teams of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters. He named his first daughter Jemimiah, I think that's how you say that, the second Keziah, and the third Karen Haputch. In all the land no woman were as lovely as the daughters of Job, and their father put him into his will along with their brothers. Job lived 140 years after that, living to see four generations of his children and grandchildren. Then he died an old man who had lived a long life. So while Job suffered through a lot, um, he lost literally everything except his wife. He had to choose to partner with what God said about him and the, pr and the promise that he had. And um, uh, sorry. So... He, when Job, when God blessed him again, he gained double everything he had in the beginning. So when you just know who you are and you partner with God, you'll receive like what you hoped for on the other side. Okay, so the second person I'm going to talk about is Joseph. And I'm just going to give a lot of background about him. So he was one of the 12 tribes of Israel, and he was a son of Jacob. But Jacob, or yeah, Jacob favored him a lot over his other sons. So to show that favor, Jacob gave him a coat of many colors. And Joseph's brothers were not a big fan of that because they d didn't want Jacob to like them, like Joseph more than they, them. So um, Joseph had two dreams. And in the first one, Joseph sees himself and his brothers binding sheaves in the field. Suddenly, Joseph's sheaf stands upright while the other sheaves of his brothers around and bow, oh, gather around and bow down to it. And then he had another dream, and he sees the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowing down to him. So basically what those dreams mean are that his family is going to bow down to him. So when he, he told his brothers that, and when he told his brothers that, it added to the, like, rudeness they were to him. Like, they didn't, they even made him not like him more. 
So while his uh, uh, Joseph's brothers were in the, another area of the land tending to Jacob's like uh, animals and stuff, um, J- Jacob sent Joseph over there to check on them. And while they were over there, they were already making plans to kill Joseph because they didn't like him. And so when they saw him coming, they were serious about it. And then Reuben was like one of his one of Jake or Joseph's brothers were like, let's not kill him because he had plans to come back and um, save him. So they had planned to tell Jacob that um, Joseph got eaten by like a animal. So, but they ended up not killing him. Instead, they sold him into slavery, and Potiphar bought him. And even through that, he found favor everywhere he went because God was with him. Um, so. While he was in slavery, Potiphar's wife tried to get with Joseph to sleep with her. Tried to get Joseph to sleep with her, but but he always refused. So one day, uh, Potiphar's wife was able to get him to come into her room, and uh, Potiphar came and accused. And Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of raping her, even though that didn't happen. So Potiphar sent him to prison. And even then, he found favor and was given a lot of power. So Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had a dream. And the dream was about seven fat and skinny cows and seven healthy and thin heads of grain. And uh, Pharaoh had heard that like Joseph was really good at interpreting dreams. So he was like, he asked Joseph to go and interpret his dreams. And um, pretty much Joseph interpreted that dream to mean seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. So, um, I'm going to pick up in Genesis 42, 1 through 20. I'm going to paraphrase most of it again. So, they were in the middle of a famine, and Jacob had heard there was grain available in Egypt, so he sent his sons down there to get some. But Jacob didn't give him any because he wanted Benjamin to come down there. And, but Jacob's, uh, sent, kept, Jacob, all right, Jacob kept Benjamin at home because he didn't want what happened to Joseph to happen to Benjamin. And um, and um, I'm going to pick up in verse 6. Since Joseph was governor of all of Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him that his brothers came. When they arrived, they bowed before him with their faces to the ground. Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you fr- from, he demanded. From the land of Canaan, they replied. We have come to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him, and he remembered the dreams he'd had about them many years before. And he said to them, you are spies. You have come to see how vulnerable our land has become. No, my Lord, they they exclaimed. Your servants have simply come to buy food. We are all brothers, members of the same family. We are honest men, sir. We are not spies. So basically, Joseph kept uh, the other brothers in prison until they um, came and brought Benjamin, and he didn't give them any grain or anything. And um, so basically he saw his dream that he had like unfolding in front of his very eyes. And, um, but he had to wait 13 years for that. And in, in those 13 years, he went to, through some low points, but he had to continue to choose to partner with promise because, and because of that, on the other side, he came out seeing all the promise that God had spoken over him come to pass. Let me get a drink again. <laughs> Okay, so the third, so the last person I'm talking about is going to be Jesus. 
right. And the portion of, because he's all over the New Testament, but the first por portion of him I'm talking about is in John 7, where Jesus was at the Feast of Tabernacles, and there were many rumors about him, and no one knew what to believe. Some believed he was a good man, and some di and didn't want to offend the Jewish leaders, so they just agreed with everyone that he was a bad man. So because of all those rumors, the Jewish leaders began to question who he was. But in his response, I'm going to pick up in verse 16 to share his response. So Jesus responded, I don't teach my own ideas, but the truth revealed to me by the one who sent me. If you want to test my teachings and discover where I received them, first be passionate to teach. First be passionate to do God's will, and then you will be able to discern if my teachings are from the heart of God or from my own opinions. Charlton praise himself and seek honor from men, but my father sent me to speak truth on his behalf. And I have no false motive, because I seek only the glory of God. Moses has given you the law, but not one of you is faithful to keep it. So if you are all lawbreakers, why then would you seek to kill me? Okay, so... Then the Jewish residents came against him and began to question him because he, they were like, if you're the one that everyone's wanting to kill, then why are you like preaching to us and wanting us to follow you? So he responded by preaching. I'm going to pick up in verse 28. Knowing all of this, Jesus one day preached boldly in the temple courts. So you think you know me and where I come from, but you don't know the one who sent me, the Father who is always faithful. I have not come on my own initiative the Father has sent me here, and I know about all about him, for I have come for his presence. So even through all the questioning that Jesus received from the Jewish residents and the Jewish leaders, he had to know, he had to choose to partner with what God said about him. And when you know who you are, nothing anyone says can pull you off track. You can't sway from one side to the other, but you have to choose to partner with that. So just to recap, um, so Job, he... He suffered a lot, like he went through some hard times, but he had to choose to partner with who he was in God. And that just brought him on the other side with um, a breakthrough. And then Joseph, he had to choose to partner with promise. He went through his lowest points. And, and, and since he partnered with that, he came on the other side with a breakthrough as well. And then Jesus had to choose to partner with all that God had told him to be, had why he was there and why he was sent and, and, and that stuff. So the question I want to ask you is, when you're in hard times, what are you partnering with? Maybe you find it easy to partner with what God says about you, and that's that's good. Or maybe all the things around you, like maybe your family, your siblings, your friends, anything really, are just screaming negativity, and it's just easier to partner with that because it's so much louder, even though... God wants you to partner with what he says about you. And I've even had to take a look at my own life and receive conviction from the Holy Spirit on things I'm partnering with that are not me. And so I just want us to take a minute, take a couple minutes to reflect on the past few months. Maybe your life has been good and that's great, but maybe it's not and you just felt like you're in a cycle that maybe you can't get out of. And if that's you, I just... I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what you've been partnering with that is not of you, not you. And when he shows you something, I just want you to give it to the Father and even ask him to show you what he wants you to partner with instead. So he's going to take a few minutes and ponder on that.
All right, so um, I'm just going to pray, and then I'm going to hand it over to Paul. So, Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for giving us the opportunity to break partnership with some of the things that we've been partnering with. And I just thank you for the breakthrough that we're going to receive since we broke partnership with that. Thank you, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, give it up for JC, guys. Nailed it. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox.